You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast network my name is joe miller and uh i get to be the wonderful guy that sits next to that wonderful guy john fina how you doing tonight john i'm doing pretty good joe how you doing i am hanging in there and uh the john fina the off tackle john fina show is brought to you by q42 barbecue sauce i'm gonna do an ad read here real quick grills mafia have you heard about q42 they craft authentic barbecue sauces in seriously small batches why 42 no it's not because of richard smellick it's because 42 is the latitude of Buffalo, and these sauces are made right here in western New York. There's the Kansas City barbecue and Carolina mustard sauces, all natural ingredients, local honey, and a bold blend of spices. You could call them the Tommy Sweeney of barbecue sauces because all they do is score touchdowns. So I just had to throw that in there because uh, he scored last weekend. Order at Q42Barbecue.com and use the code FINA Show and get 15% off of your order q42 barbecue bbq.com it's right there below me right there so yeah but with that this is the thirdly report last year all we did were quarterly reports this year we're doing the thirdly report because there's 17 games you can't really divide it into three but it kind of is after six but yeah right the thirdly report <laughs> i guess so i mean you could divide it by four but then we'd have to do an extra show or something <laughs> after one game. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Yeah. So, uh, how is the bye week? How the bye week treat you? Uh, well, I didn't watch a lot of football. I just um, I got some things done. We know wow. my wife and I. We plant a vegetable garden, and so I was out there tossing soil around and you know doing stuff around the house, just kind of yeah, yeah. fixing <laughs> things and you know That's just uh, getting, getting ready to smash. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins smash. <laughs> Fina smash. You got to change your name to Fina smash. Uh, while we while we're doing this, I'm just gonna say hi to some people that are in the room. Richard Rush is in the room. What's up? Yo, Brian Bowers. Rush. R- Brian Bowers is in the room. Pam Madonna is Pam Madonna's in the room. Uh, who else is in the room? Trey Ellis is in the room with hashtag Build the Dome. <laughs> we haven't talked to you about that. Give me a second. Chris Janky is in the room. What's up, everyone? It's been a while. It's good to see you, Chris. 
Daniel Gowers is in the room. He says, hello, John and Joe. Big time. What's up? What's up? Uh, da, 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 da. Jessica Tennis is in the room. And uh, Lone Wolf is in the room. So, yeah. Whoops, I missed him. There he is right there. Uh, way too late for a veggie garden. Not in Arizona. <laughs> not, not <in> Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not in Arizona. What are your thoughts on a dome versus an open-air stadium? I don't care. You've got to have an opinion. You played in the NFL. If there's anybody that can talk about you're from Arizona, because it's always like all these guys are from the South anyway. It's like, yeah, but you when you live here, it's different than when you just fly up here on Saturday. Yeah, I guess, you know, if you're if you're gonna have a dome, I would say, you know, only keep the rain out. Um, you know, if it's cold, it's cold. If it snows, it snows. But I'm I'm kind of indifferent. Kind of indifferent. Um, gotcha. Did the cold ever scare you as a player? I saw you you quoted on somebody's picture, and it was a frozen a picture of the frozen field at uh, at that time. I believe Rich Stadium. It looked for and you're like I'm cold just looking at that picture. Yeah, I got a little <laughs> frostbite just looking at it. I'm still used to it though. Freaking ambient temperature in this room is like 63 degrees. <laughs> Over there, cutting glass. Don't don't lean up against the, the sliding glass window. Patrick Stevenson says says uh, hello, John. So uh, hey, Patrick, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show. So we're going to do a little bit of a different show today. We're going to follow the same uh, concepts or the same outline, which is uh, where are we at versus what what we expected. So normally do game, but we're going to do a thirdly report. Uh, the good so far this season, what needs worked so far this season, and then you know where do we go from here? What to expect, kind of going forward. Uh, before we get started, we are Super Chat Live, so if anybody has a question for John uh, or you want to make a comment, just uh, jump on a Super Chat, If you're, especially if you're on YouTube. does not work on Facebook or Twitter, but jump over to YouTube, uh, Super Chat us, and I'll make sure that uh, that question gets asked. But uh, yeah, why don't we start with you, and uh, I'm going to let you go first, just what you expected coming into this season by week six versus where we're at. Yeah, I mean, I think all of, all of Bill's Mafia had these incredibly high hopes, and you can't resist this idea, you know, to be undefeated at the time. Mm. And that's just, it's just so hard to do, right? Yep. So, you know, I, am I a little bit disappointed? I, uh, maybe, you know, two losses, very close games, right? So you, you got to stick with, uh, you know, you've been in them. When you compare last year's Tennessee game to this year's Tennessee game, I mean, you can't help but say, well, at least, you know, we didn't get crushed, right? We're down there, not an easy place to play. Uh, we're used to AstroTurf or whatever, the field turf, whatever the hell they call it. So, you know, there's a little bit of a difference with footing, but the, they played admirably well. The, the Pittsburgh game, a little bit of anomaly. So... You know, I guess by and large, I'm I'm reasonably happy where we are. I think those are the the last game was an acceptable loss, especially considering what Tennessee did yesterday. Uh, although now maybe at three and four, the Chiefs aren't who we thought they were. Mm. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, what's your take? For me, I mean, I, I expected them to be 4-2 and two at this point, primarily because of the Chiefs game and obviously the Titans game. Uh, I'm not saying that I expected them to lose. It was just – it was more of a coming into the season. If there's two games – I was just being realistic as a fan, right? So knowing that we beat the Chiefs, that's big. I wish we hadn't lost to the Steelers. Uh, and I would say this as well. I probably overly expected – 
the offense to be the 2020 offense. Now, the offense hasn't been great. They haven't been bad. I mean, the, the Bills were leading the league in points scored at 32. The way that they're getting there is very different than they've gotten there in the past, which like last year. But uh, I just I, I expected more output from the offense, and that kind of comes in. I don't want to jump over to, to, to the, what needs work or the bad part of the show, but I just expected more from the offense. I'm excited about the defense, but expected more from the offense, expected more from Josh Allen. I didn't expect regression, and I don't think he has regressed even though the offense does look a little bit different. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's pretty much what I expected, just one one game different, right, who we lost yeah. to once. I think you're right. I, I don't I don't really see a regression in Josh Allen. The de- offense is definitely um, a little bit different, for sure. I think also it kind of bodes well if you consider, you know, do you want to hit your stride right now? No. Yeah. So – some in the tank, some surprises still left. And I think given what we have in front of us, you know, I think the outlook is very strong. You still have to win those games, right? Right. right. They still show up as much as as much as you hate it when they show up. Uh, you still have to beat them when they do. Right, right. Uh, when we talk about the good, transitioning to the good, the first good for me is absolutely 1,000% the defense. I cannot believe outside of the Titans game um, – and I, I don't know, now that you've had time to digest that football game, maybe you can speak or maybe not more to what was going on defensively, why the Bills gave up 34 when they were averaging giving up 12. And it's fun to say, well, look who they played, except for the fact that one of those guys was Pat Mahomes, which they're three and four, right? I mean, we know that the Chiefs don't look like the Chiefs. They've gotten beat by a couple of good teams, us, the Chargers, and the Titans. So they haven't gotten beat by slouches by any stretch of the word. Um but uh, the Titans put up 34, which to me was unexpected. But this defense has played very, very well this year. So for me, the first good that I would like to t- that, that that I want to just put up is the defense. Like I cannot believe how much different they look with Star in the game. I can't look believe how much different they look with a better set of rotating defensive linemen. AJ Epinesa clearly stepping into his own. It was probably a mistake to scratch him in the last game. Greg Rousseau is a phenomenal addition. You know, with the the losses or the jettisons of Trent Murphy and just some other guys that were on this team last year, I'm just excited about how well the, and a healthy you can't you, and you can't dismiss a healthy Milano and a healthy uh, Tremaine Edmonds. It's it's made huge differences. In this yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo that. I mean, we we rotated defensive linemen last year, but this is a different group. Yeah. But having Starback and the play of Edmonds, I think, is really the biggest key. You know, Star's been a disruptor. He gets off the ball. Uh, it's been great to watch, and it's it's really freed freed guys up. Yeah, we're still going to rotate. I think Tremaine Edmonds Edmonds has been terrific. You know, playing both run the way he has coming downhill, being very aggressive has has made he's made a lot of plays in the run. Yeah, and significant plays in the run. Additionally, just to just his. Um, mobility and his fluidness uh when he drops into the into coverage i think has been great and those i think those two things are the biggest reasons you're seeing the secondary play with confidence but also the defensive line feeling like they can they can really come after the quarterback they can really you know set the line of scrimmage a yard deep rather mm-hmm. than what, what we kind of had to do last year without uh without star in the mix yeah, jettisoning Quentin Jefferson as well. Just the guys that they lost 
versus obviously Star coming back at you know the addition of Greg Rousseau. But Basham has played well in the minutes that he's gotten. It's just been great to see. I've enjoyed seeing the balance uh, from this football team, both offense to defense, as yeah. well as it's funny because it's a catch twenty two for me. I I like the balance of run to pass. I'm just not always happy situationally with where they're running. If that makes any sense, like, mm-hmm. are they being a little more efficient with running? Yes. Are they choosing the best times to run? I'm not so sure. I think I think they should literally go back to what they did last year, which was pass first, pass first, and use the pass to set up the run. Versus, eh, we're going to try to establish the run during this drive. Why? I don't know. We're supposed to. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they see it that way. I, you know, I, I'm still a fan of uh, running the ball on first and ten, mm. um, and and we have enough variety in our running game. I think where it will it helps us, and I, I like second and eight. I like second and seven better than I like you know second and ten, mm-hmm. and and that that can happen. So I I just I think it also. It gives the linemen a real opportunity to settle in. Um, yeah, and, and going with the good, you know, our receiver core has, has been pretty damn good. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, how about our offseason pickup? Right. <laughs> it's it's funny because he has almost made Gabe Davis invisible, which is wild to think about because Gabe has not necessarily been – he hasn't been he's, – he's just been kind of lost in this offense because – Sanders is always open and Josh is always finding him. Well, consider what, you know, people were kind of saying, well, what happened to Cole Beasley and, you know, the the conspiracies abound. Well, maybe they're not going to him for, you know, the branch Covidian reason or what have you. So, you know, expect to see. (laughs) Sorry. You come up with this stuff. Dude, David Koresh gave it to me. Oh, I'm aware who David Koresh is. You know, I think it. I think that, you know, you you blink your eyes and you'll see Gabe Davis again pretty soon. Yeah, it rotates like that. It, you know, it might. It, it might. Before, it, yeah. it might be soon with with Dawson Knox being out. So it might. We might see a lot of Gabe Davis coming That's up right. in the next couple of weeks. That's right. That's right. So what? How do they handle that? Right. I mean, you you can't not have your tight end, but are you gonna hold back Sweeney a little bit just to make sure that he becomes that guy who's an every down player or, you know, do you go, I mean, do you go with Gilliam a little bit and just mm-hmm. try to break him in easy? I got the feeling that, you know, Dable and McDermott will probably put Sweeney in and just say, you know, grow up and grow up fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that we have that ability with the way we can clear players out with our wide receivers that the expectation is as a tight end, you know, if you watch enough film, you understand our strategy, you know, find find the spaces and get open. Yeah, I said on uh, the uh, – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, we, we rarely, if ever, talk about the special teams, but both of our losses you could really just kind of pin on special teams if, yeah. you, if you really wanted to, right? Block punt mm. and then two holding calls, one of which negated uh, an incredible return for a touchdown in the last game. Yeah. You know, that that's just backbreaking. So have you have you hit your goods or are you just commenting on my goods? No, I've hit mine. You've already hit yours. I'm satisfied. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can go. What's bad next, right? After good comes bad. Or- yeah, after good comes bad, or what? What we need work. I'm just wondering, wondering if there's anything out there, and I'll throw that out to the comment section as far as that as well. Is there anything out there that's been good to the eyes of the fans, the commenters, if you will? 
that maybe John and I haven't talked about or something that maybe we missed so far this season. It's funny that you talked about the special teams because I didn't have that as bad, but I would put that in the bad. And what's weird about that is, like, Tyler Bath is good. Well, it's supposed to be invisible or good, right? You you, you can't hurt your squad with special teams. That's just the way it goes. Agreed. So. But but one half of them hasn't hurt the team. It, well, one half of the, the, the kickers in Tyler Bass has been phenomenal. Meanwhile, you know, I'm – Matt Hawk has had his challenges here and there. Um, obviously, there's been some untimely penalties. We've talked about it a couple times. The one that was thrown on Andre Davis in the last football game potentially, you know, ruined, you know, that whole game for us. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Lone Wolf says we're getting turnovers from a good standpoint. I think I did have that as an early one, and I scratched it from my list of good. That is a good thing. The turnover differential for this football team is pretty unbelievable. Are you a believer in the comes in bunches concept, or are you more of a – just some I don't I don't know no I don't know I, I think it I think because of the way the defensive's playing it it hopefully will be a lasting hallmark right you know they're playing tight so or loose or tight whatever you want to say they're playing aggressive which you know when you have the confidence to do that you take more chances and you end up with more um you end up with more turnovers psychologically if you're a quarterback and you're trying to you know be the giant killer then you put yourself in a mental position of trying to make something happen and you, you know, you force a poor throw. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. Brian Bauer says Poyer and Hyde have been incredible. I, I as much as that's good, I, it's expected at this point, right? Well, I, I agree. I mean, Brian, yeah, that's a good, great point out. I mean, we, <laughs> as Bill's mafia, we, you know, we hear shout outs fairly often, but we sort of drifted them into that category of, this is our level of expectation of you. And they seem to meet it all the time, which is right. great. I mean, right. is it, how nice is it to have a position you don't have to, or a couple of positions that you don't have to like, you know, clutch your pearls over or go into game, like excessively concerned about one receiver or, or something of that nature. So, yeah. you know, despite the fact that, you know, Tredavious White had a, you know, maybe not so great showing. I can't remember which game it was. Uh, we talked about it. I, for uh, me, it was the Chiefs game. I just felt like he, he, yeah. he was but, press, I felt he was pressing. He didn't play bad. I just felt like he was pressing during the Chiefs game a little bit. Yeah, but regardless, I mean, you want the you want those guys on the edge to take those chances, and you know that's part of playing aggressive football. You get some penalties here and there. You put yourself in press situations where your feet get tied up, and you're going down. So you take a guy with you, or or what, get a little handsy, I, I think be, it just becomes a, a trade-off. If you've yeah, got yeah. more takeaways than you have penalties, then you don't want to encourage your guys to, to play cautious. You know, yeah. everybody, you always talk about playing aggressively on both sides of the ball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Taryn Johnson, if you consider, I believe it was either Bruce uh, Nolan or Joe Marino, actually kind of, I was listening to one of their pods, or maybe it was the pod they were both on, and he was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Taron Johnson went from being a healthy scratch in the Chiefs game last year to being signed to a $24 million extension, three-year extension, the game, like the week before the Chiefs game this year. Not only has he come on through the end of last season, obviously the pick six against the Steelers, he had the pick six against the Baltimore Ravens. He has been quietly effective and efficient this year, too. He's not getting penalties. His guy isn't catching the ball. I mean, he's just, from a good standpoint, he's playing really well. Look, I, I think that uh, success among the group breeds more success among the individuals. 
So, you know, he's in a, he's in that perfect position, right? I mean, as a slot corner, he's uh, you know, he kind of finds himself in those, those spaces in the middle of the field. Right. And if we're running kind of zone under technique or game plan, then when somebody leaves the zone, he almost becomes like a rover or, you know, something of that nature. And then that's where his natural foot football instincts take over. Not everybody has that. And he's been, he's been making great decisions. Yeah. Super, he's super good. Been a hell of a player this year. Now I'm trying to think. So you talked about from, so I'm just going through the, t- the whole team in my head. Uh, that was defensively, offensively. You know, we obviously talked about just the offense as a whole. You talked about the wide receivers and Dawson Knox has been a wonderful surprise. Not surprised. There was, there's an expectation there for Dawson third year in, we kind of expected it last year. Um, but Dawson, you know, he's going to miss uh, three games. I'm not sure if you're aware. Four weeks total, including this weekend. The next three games he's going to be out is, is presumably, presumably what they're saying. But he has played so much better. He's one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Do we know which bone he broke? I don't know which bone. I found out today. It was funny because I said on the show yesterday and it was uh, I was doing it like, I don't know if you saw the picture of the throw where it was like zoomed in and he's like shot putting and then it's like middle finger sticking up in the other hand. Like, it's like, what is going on? So I was like, it, if, if this, I thought maybe his, his hand was broken. Like that's why his finger was stuck out. But it was like, He's a former quarterback. Why did he throw the football like well, that? Well, I mean, it's the same kind of thing Michael Jordan used to stick his tongue out. You know, involuntary. Your finger out. Involuntary uh, flipping the bird. I don't know. And then uh, I did confirm, I read somewhere today, that it was his right hand that's broken. So it, he did throw the ball with a broken hand that he then had to have surgery for. I don't know if anybody knows in the chat. Uh, it was his right hand, but I don't know which bone he broke. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – I couldn't imagine coming back from a broken hand that you had of surgery on in four weeks, then try to catch footballs from Josh Allen. That doesn't sound like a good time. Yeah. You know, young guys heal, man. I mean, we grow <laughs> bone all day long. I could get into the science of it, but I don't want to bore our <laughs> listeners. I have to be driving to a bridge abutment or something like that. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, you're always growing bone. Young guys grow bone. He's healthy and uh, we'll leave it up to the professionals. <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe so let's try He'll just catch with his fingertips <laughs> or the body, right? And just catch with the yeah. body. No uh, so uh, let's move. Let's transition now to what we would consider the needs work, the bad, if you will. Uh, and I'll throw the banners up there because I keep forgetting to the work. Look at that. It takes up the whole thing. So I'm going to. Hey, we got banners, everybody. <laughs> can you see it? <laughs> I can see it. There you go. We'll do that. Uh, I'm going to. Right down there. Right. <laughs> Dude, point, pointing at the screen and trying to figure out what you're pointing at is the hardest thing. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. So why don't you uh, talk to us about the things that uh, you, from your thirdly review uh, so far over the last six weeks, what needs work? Well, I don't know if, it, if it's really work to affect the change, but you got to talk about the penalties on special teams and just get rid of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, how do you work on that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to simulate kickoff returns, punt returns, and things like that. But clean that up, for goodness sakes. And then what what needs work? Uh, you know, our pass rush, our pass rush could still use a little work. You know, we got to get freer, faster, and our offensive line needs work. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that might be kind of the, um, you know, the the curse of being a former offensive lineman. I, that's the first position I scrutinize. Mm. And that's the first position I, I watch every game. So um, the truth is they, they can't be entirely happy with their play 100%. And you, know, you got, you're always striving for a hundred percent. 
So I think that I think that we need improvement at every position. I'd, I'd say right now, if I were to uh, just throw it out there, I'm not a PFF guy, but I'd say Morse is probably playing our best football right now, followed very closely by uh, Daryl Williams. And then, uh, you know, it's kind of a talk toss up between the tackles, even including the rookie. And, you know, Feliciano is, is coming back with a vengeance. But by and large, it, it just seems like the, the trouble. And I, I, I was watching the Titans game again, and their offensive line is very, very well coached. Mm-hmm. You know, there were not a lot of missed blocks. Their combination blocks look very, very smooth. And we need to get to that point where, you know, when you're combo blocking a defensive lineman, you know, we what I what we always say is asses and elbows, and then the appropriate guy comes off at the next level at the right time, and it just seems like we're not fluid, mm. and uh, we we need to get better, and that'll help that'll help the run game considerably. I mean, just making sure that you're on that. Beyond that, I mean, Milano, if his hamstring is fine now, that's great. Um, mm. But, I mean, I don't have a lot else to say. Uh, you know, the, you, you want to improve maybe conceptually with the run game, make sure that you're attacking uh, with the proper plays against the teams that, that you're going against. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that's game planning stuff that we never see. But, you know, you will take run game, run game runs in and out every week. You know, this, this one's not going to work. We're going to focus on this right. uh, schemes. And then the, the opposite week, it's that. Um, I think the running running backs are playing admirably. I think they just uh, when there's nothing there, I want to see them just get more aggressive and get one. Right. Um, you know they have a tendency to read too long and not go downhill fast enough. Uh, very slight tendency, but by and large, the, the, those are my takes. I don't know uh, wh- whether you feel the same. You got to agree with me on the offensive line, or I'm just going to close the laptop. <laughs> And go have dinner. I want to. Uh, that's funny. I want to. I actually want to hang out on the offensive line just for a minute because for me, you know, only one of us on this call right now, or even in this chat, probably not probably listening to this show. I mean, a lot of people. Anybody could be lurking, Joe. Anybody correct, could be correct. Lurking. But from you're the only one that's had the luxury of a bye week. So for me, what is the offensive line working on during the bye week? I mean, I know they had vacation, but what are they coming back focused on? Well, I think, um, you know, it's, it's all part of the exit, right? So you come off a loss, you, however they handled it. I mean, I'm sure someone in our, uh, in our group here in, uh, in the rumblings could tell us if they had a Monday meeting or not before they ski daddle, mm-hmm. but you know, that's where they set the tone. The staff will talk about, you know, when you're on your break, you know, you're you're not going to get away from football entirely. It's always rolling around in the old walnut, you know. You get, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what do you need to focus on? What do you need to recommit to? Um, I like the timing of the bye week. I think it's pretty good uh, at this stage. I, I, I don't like them when they're too early. So I think you get a little bit of uh, rehabilitation on health. Mm-hmm. Some guys may not have ever may not have left if they needed to get specific work in the training room, but schematically you're not going to see a lot. It's more like uh, guys, you know, find find what's in your heart, come back with a rejuvenated work ethic, and think about the things that you've noticed from yourself in, in film study that you have to get better at. 
Yeah. Because without, in the absence of reps, it's all between the ears. Yeah. Harold Fuller, Harold Fuller asks, will Ford work his way back into the lineup? Only in the event of injury. You don't think because uh, what's blowing up right now in the chat section is, and, and Brian Bowers just super chatted it, um, is comments just about uh, Feliciano. So I'm going to, Jessica, I'll get to your super chat in a second. Thank you so much, both of you, for super chatting. Uh, we got to talk about Mongo, uh, John Feliciano. He's been absolutely awful, in my opinion. Definitely the weakest link on the line currently, which is funny because he wasn't prior to them making the switch and kind of moving Ford out, moving Daryl Williams in. Do you think they need to try Bacher at left guard? Is Ford an option at left guard? What about, I mean, is there, I don't know. Right. Didn't Ford already play left guard last year? Last year, but he got hurt. So he played it just for a couple games and then and then got hurt. Well, I, I, I see Boker as the as the option if they consider coming back from the bye week through film study that they need to push Mongo a little bit, then I think Boker would be the guy. Yeah. I don't I don't foresee Cody Ford coming back into this lineup uh if if Mongo needs some push. I think the push comes from Boker. Yeah, we uh we've talked about this before. Elliot Eisler comes in and he asks, "What happened to Mongo? He went from mauler to not even a baller." And and Mongo very much was last year and the year before the tone setter on that offensive line. He was the guy that was the mean cuss, the one that nobody wanted to play because he was gonna. He did it in the AFC Championship game. He went after guys when they were going after Josh. I know he lost thirty pounds. And you and I, I don't remember if we've talked about it on the show or if we talked about it just in person. How much weight matters? Can you speak yeah, I, I look at that, and I've thought about that quite a bit since uh, since you brought it up. Weight only matters if you have it in your head that you're relying on it. You know, some guys that are really big uh, can sometimes do things because of their weight that they wouldn't be able to do when they're lighter if their technique isn't sound. So I think. I don't know. I, I don't think he's been absolutely awful. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been great. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, you're not going to go away from the guy when you've got two losses and you're doing well. You just shaking things up like that is not really how you operate. Now, if I eat my words, then I'll eat them and I'll say I was wrong. I've done it before, but I just <laughs> I don't think that that's the kind of continuity uh, conflagration. There's the five dollar word. Every show, start every, every show. <laughs> so you don't want to start that at this point. Now we had to because Cody Ford was not playing well. So that they had to make that change. Gotcha. I, gotcha. I don't see the same situation on the other side. Jessica Tennis with the super chat. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show. After the bye week last year, the offense was more refined and focused. John, did you notice any particular changes? So what was it potentially, if you can remember, off the top of your head? This year, are there changes you may expect to happen? Well, Jessica, it's a good question. If my memory were uh, worth my salt, then I, I could probably accurately go back. But I think that when you – another thing you could do from the bye week is – the bye week is mostly for the players. The staff is still, you know, Working. focusing on forward thinking, but they're also looking backward and and quantifying what they did well. And so you you could see a little bit of a revamping of all right, what's worked? What what stuff did we install that you know, we thought was going to be awesome and and just didn't come to fruition? Or you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, so to speak. Sure. So they'll 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 go back and quantify everything and decide if certain route trees are what they what they want to stick with or abandon and it, within the running game you know that 
I mean, the quality control guys can tell you up, down, sideways, backwards, and, and you know, in reverse, just exactly which plays. You can catalog and categorize them, uh, which ones developed the way they wanted to and which ones didn't. So um, they could do that against the defensive scheme. They can do it against uh, not really players in particular, but that that's kind of sort of the refinement that'll come out of the bye week. And the nice thing is you look at the staff and I get the feeling that that's where they live, right? Mm. They really feel like this year, I don't want to talk about next year, but we are in the sweet spot right now, right? Right, right, right. That they, they are very focused on that. So m- my guess is that they, the coaching staff had a bye week plan that's been developing over the past three weeks. Right. So they're, they're saying to the film guys, they're saying to the quality guys, we want to analyze this. Can you get us these films? You know, can you give us the, the, the analytics on what we did and, and how? Uh, you might see, my opinion, you might see Josh going a uh, little bit less on the deep ball mm-hmm. and maybe focusing on more of the intermediate routes. We don't really have a screen game, so. Well, I know that they made it. They made an intention, and I have another question to follow up to that. They they were intentionally working on the screen stuff, even in training camp. We saw it a lot in the preseason games. And the funny thing is, as I said this to you on the phone, we were on the phone, and it's like I don't understand why Josh Allen even needs to throw the I, needs to throw the deep ball. And you and you came back and you said we've got to take the lid off once in a while to make sure the threat's there. I get that. But Josh Allen hits those 15 to 25, 30 yards, yarders like it's nobody's business. And yes, you, I agree with you, but I think the frequency is too high. That's what, I, yeah, and that, and I agree. Like, chuck it once 70 yards downfield or once a half just with a guy open for the threat, but, like, live in that 15 to 30-yard space because that rifle he's got, the ball just zings by people and they don't even know it's coming, and it's coming from so far away. It's just, to me, that's – I would almost take that all game long than – do a celebratory run around the block because Josh Allen hit a deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders. It's like big deal. He threw a bomb. I would rather, I'd rather see him crush a defense by throwing consistently 22 yarders or 25 yarders and they just can't stop him. Like to yeah, me. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's disheartening. You can always chalk up a, a you know, 65 yard or, or 45 yard pass play for a touchdown as sort of an anomaly. Right. But when you're, when you're on defense and they're just picking you apart with, you know, eight to 16 yard routes and you're just moving the ball down the field. I, I, going back to the screen game, it's, it's sort of modified run, right? So mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is see how those linebackers react. Right. You know, if you're throwing that screen out there, you're either going to get a nice play or you're going to get stopped. But when, when you get stopped, you look at it as, all right, well, now we, we send it back out. Somebody's thinking screen. They hesitate, don't drop into their coverage, and we create that space, mm-hmm. right? In that window, every time somebody gets closer to the line of scrimmage and the receiver is separating, the window gets bigger. Mm. Interesting. I have a weird question, and I, I always like to rely on and lean on just your your past and what you've done in the NFL. Was there ever a point, because we, we've you and I have talked a lot about the fact, even tonight, you know, 19 looked different than 20, 20 looks different than 21. This offense is always trying to progress. It doesn't mean that it's going to progress or that it's going to get better. You just, that's the hope. We're going to build off of what we've done. Is there ever a point where the coaching staff is like, what we're trying to do this year isn't working? 
let's go back to what was working, some bread and butter stuff from last year, and get this team in a rhythm. Because they, I don't know that they look – last year they looked out of rhythm when they would not – and you and I talked about it. They would not hit those two, three, four yarders to kind of get the, the team rolling. When they just came out and kind of fired some forced balls, it was tough. But then they found rhythm, and then they were just destroying people. Is there – do you see them going backwards at all? Like, you know what? The scheme this year isn't as good as last year. Let's just go back to last year. I don't think so. I mean, scheme is really – I think I think our skill set is so broad that, you know, what we're trying to do is dial in against the defense that we're against. Right. And, and I think Dable, if you wanted to put it anywhere, maybe he hyperanalyzes and you get caught kind of forced for the trees sort mm. of situation. And you may overthink it where – you might say, you know, if we had a more consolidated offense and we're doing the same thing over and over, then it's a just try and stop us kind of situation. Right, right. You know, much like Dwayne Haskins when he was at Ohio State, you know, they they ran the same route tree over and over and over. Yeah. What is they wear orange now? What is that? Orange? <laughs> it's definitely not orange. It's scarlet and gray. I'm not a huge buck. Because it doesn't look scarlet. I mean, I think you got that off the Ubernets, you know. Um, like, I actually got it at I got it at the shoe during one of the games. They were playing uh who, who did I just see? Do they, they know they're the selling their, their orange gear to unsuspecting orange haired people? Right. No, it's <laughs> I uh I'm not a buckeye fan. My my wife graduated from OSU and both of my kids were born at OSU's hospital, so and then the shirt I got, a friend bought it for me at, at an OSU game, so I can't complain. Yeah, Joe, uh, I think we all, as um, you know, there's so much content out there, and there's so much instruction. Even when you just watch a game, other than Collinsworth, you get a you the, the <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's been more than Collinsworth. Matt Millen was garbage. Uh, 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 Tiki Barber was awful. Like what was Matt Millen? I like this guy. I really <laughs> like this guy. At least, at least with with Chris Collinsworth, he's got a good voice. Like his pipes are good. Everybody else has just been trash. And then, oh, I don't even want to get started. Sorry. Okay, I didn't mean, by I didn't and mean large, by and large, my overall point is that the electorate is far more educated than they ever were. Right? Sure. I mean, yes. Yes. There, there's so much more content out there, um, even from guys who you never even hear about or who aren't on TV, like uh, Baldinger. Yeah, you know, if you yeah. follow him, you're going to learn a lot about football in just one play that he posts. Yep. So, you know, we end up kind of spiraling, spiraling around, almost circling the drain because our knowledge is 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 really high level, but we don't have any access to the vault. Right, right. So it's a, it's a natural thing to do. And, you know, when you talked about Dawson Knox, we're like, we talked, well, this was our expectation of Dawson Knox, right? Hey, there were people who were like pulling their hair out when we drafted him. And what was that, the fourth or third round or fourth round? But he was a third round pick. Yeah, that was like. Is that right? No, he could have been a third round. He second. He might have been a second round pick. I'm trying to think what the year. So he was drafted three years ago. That was the year Singletary was drafted. Him and Singletary were rookies together. Right. Singletary, so Singletary was, was second. Third. He was third. I think I think it was backwards. I think Do- I don't even know. Some I'm, if if uh, somebody somebody if Chris, out if, there. If let Chris Jenkins still in the chat. He'll let us know. Fix us, <laughs> fix us. I think it was second, third. I think Dawson was second, and uh, and single or we had two thirds. I don't even know. Anyway, go ahead. Well, but again, I mean that's part of the fun of being a fan, right? At least you're not just screaming into the into the ether, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you have something to say because Brian everybody out round. there is third round. 
everybody out there is maybe we had two thirds. No, yeah, second was Singletary. I knew Singletary was second. We had two thirds. Singletary was a third round pick. Singletary and Moss, both third round picks. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it's fun. It makes it a hell of a lot more fun. But you end up kind of in this, you know, paralysis by analysis or what are they doing differently? Uh, frankly, I think you're sort of obligated to add when you have the target on your back. Um, you you want to add breadth of, of your offering. Yep, yep. And But that can be a double-edged sword, you know, maybe, you know, and it's hard. Again, we're not in the vault, so is it too much? I think yep. is kind of what you're going after. So my bads needs work, red zone offense. The red zone offense, and uh, some people were talking about it earlier in the show that uh, the red zone offense needs work. And there was another uh, content creator from Cover One, Eric Turner, that was breaking some of that stuff down. And it leads into my second part because Eric, as a, per the comment, uh, was talking about the fact that Dable needs to, to adjust. And what's weird to me about our red zone efficiency and our red zone offense is last year they were scoring almost at will, they just did whatever they wanted to do. And now, I don't want to say it, it looks like they're getting cute because we've seen cute. You've been on football teams that tried to play cute football. I don't think that's it. I don't know if they're overthinking the situation or if it's just bad, like bad plans. I don't even know. Yeah. I, well, I'll agree with you that it needs to get better. I don't know. Um, you know, you say needs work. I don't know exactly how you work it other than the play selection and game planning. And this is where I might agree with you, where you go look back at the plays that you ran that were successful, catalog them, and say, let's bring those back. Right. Because it is such an important compressed area of the field. And if you've had sec success with it, then quantify it. We right. know why did we have success with it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would agree. Definitely yeah. red zone offense. I mean, could it, could it partially be, be because, you know, Josh was a lock to run the ball into the end zone last year when we were in the red zone? He was the red zone weapon that kind of left everybody else open because defenses feared him so much that it kind of provided an opportunity for everybody else to just be open. And Josh could then just sit back there and pick guys off as far as just chuck it into somebody's gut. Well, I don't think he's not the weapon anymore. It's, it's whether or not we want to use him as the weapon, right? Right. So that could be. I was uh, had a quick uh, conversation with a huge Bills fan from Tucson. Tucson. Just chose the Bills for why not choose the Bills kind of guy. Really? And, uh, so it's Richard Cornell. And Richard said, you know, why didn't why didn't they run Josh around the outside on the sneak? And I thought, well, I don't want to do that. You know, you can be risk of decapitation. Mm -hmm. But I don't I do like the idea of bootleg. Right. So that could have been another option there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, um, that's that's the bye week, right? So yeah. that's certainly going to be a point of emphasis. Well, especially when you're coming off of a Titans game where, and we talked about it, you score two touchdowns instead of kick two field goals. That game is played completely different. Totally different. By all three phases of each team, completely different. I also have in bad the O-line and run schemes, which you already addressed. We've talked about the O-line quite a bit, so we could probably move on from that. Where do we go from here, John? We got the Dolphins coming in. To Buffalo, to Orchard Park? Well, before I got on with you, I reviewed the uh, Dolphins' first drive, uh, actually two drives. And I, I'm, I got to tell you, I mean, if you are taking the Dolphins for granted out there, 
in Bill's Mafia. Let me tell you why that's a mistake. Even though they, they lost in a heartbreaker right at the end, mm -hmm. the first drive, and we've talked about this, you know, Tua doesn't throw the ball far, but he throws it fairly well. Right. There's a certain amount of confidence. We're taking the ball down the field. So this is a dangerous Miami team that's coming into Buffalo. Uh, they have they have this feeling, even though Atlanta was, what, you know, two and three at the time, or mm -hmm. yeah, I think two and three coming into the game. Uh, they, they, it doesn't matter always who you're playing against in your mind when you have success. And they have some weapons. I mean, they have some very, very good weapons, especially a wide receiver. Yep, yep, um, and, and tight end. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I mean, I love that running back. Say hello, Roman. Hello. How was football practice? I was good. Awesome. Did you guys work on your uh, your play, your plays, your offering? Did you get a good breadth of the offense, or do you feel like we're getting away what our identity is? Huh? <laughs> That'll come later. <laughs> uh, so again, I mean, you know, defensively, I think they struggle a little bit, even despite having um, they have a, a very good cornerback, um, but they have weapons offensively. So I think the key sure. to this game is we have to be tight on defense. Yeah, it, it seems like it's been a matchup issue between the Dolphins and the Bills for several years where we just match up well against them. Yeah, and I don't think that changes. Their offensive line is playing better. We're probably not going to see what we saw when we went down there and smoked that offensive line. Uh, even so, I don't think they're going to be quite as good against the Bills' front four as they mm -hmm. were against Atlanta's front four. Right. I think, frankly, that you'll see more pressure. You'll see more five-man rush, six-man rush. Uh, four with someone coming from depth. Uh, they'll keep their eyes on the uh, the running back. Uh, I can never think of his name. Gaskin, Miles yeah, Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. Yep. You know he was he was great at Washington uh, in college, and I think that he's a true threat. I, again, though, if if we start and have success early, I think their tents tend to fold. Roman, what do you think? <laughs> Get ahead, get hey, it was Roman's birthday uh last Tuesday. Yeah. So kid now is 15 years old. Happy birthday, Roman, everybody. How tall is Roman? Roman's uh about six three and a quarter, somewhere on there. <laughs> Not done growing yet. <laughs> no, just 15. Yikes. Yikes. What position do you play, Roman? I'm currently playing left tackle. Left tackle. Oh, I'm at, uh, chip, chip off the old block. Yeah. <laughs> got some bait I, we talked a lot about getting the hands in place too and, and yeah. the other tackle has a tendency to do a little bit of this and it's just this you know this idea of knowing where your hands are so roman as a pitcher and playing basketball one of the things that i did when i flipped offensive line and specifically to the left side is i i taught myself how to juggle mm. you know so you have this spatially when i'm staring straight at joe miller you know whether i'm looking at my target or not this idea of knowing where your hands are in space yeah yeah yeah, uh, being comfortable with them in a certain spatial position which is one of the nice things if you watch spencer brown on the snap of the ball on a pass play his hands are at the ready now it's a function of timing and strike and confidence um from that point but having those hands in position is is a great thing to to train yourself to do now are you on the coaching staff for roman's team or you do, do you just go watch practice no i coach when i'm available i had a conference call this afternoon and i got a lot of travel this week so i'm, I'm not going to be around but i 
I, um, when I'm in town and when I'm not on the off tackle with John Fina show, then John Fina goes and coaches uh, <laughs> the big guy. So I was just wondering if there is there an offensive line coach like on the team? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's be- good. He's a good young coach. Um, but again, like anybody, you know, when you're when you when you're finally in charge of something and everybody's looking at you for the activities and what to do, you know, I kind of brought him to this point where, you know, you you've got to refine what you do in the limited amount of time that you have and that's that's college that's pro too right so how much technique work do you actually get in the pros you don't get a ton of it right and you got to make every rep count so i enjoy it you know i i enjoy working with the kids and uh we got a pretty good group this year we've only lost one game but our high school our high school is it's the best school for athletics in southern arizona by any measure any measure whatsoever i just i just get a chuckle out of the idea or notion that you know the coach is there and roman does whatever he does and the coach is like i want you to do it this way and he's like that's not what my dad says Uh, (laughs) my dad played football in the nfl for 10 years bro it is funny you say that because there's there's a lot of variation offensive line philosophy and you know i'm not the dedicated offensive line coach so i when I really, really want something different. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you know, these these kids are just lumps of clay right now. Sure, sure. So there, there's a million things to to work on that doesn't have to conflict with Alec Bond and and the way he sees it. Yeah, it's just it's just a funny it's a funny thought to think you know, you know, I know that that's how you want me to play, Coach, but my dad played in two Super Bowls. <laughs> but well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. We're just at the freshman level now. Those, those those types of things happen at the varsity level a little bit. Right, right, right. So I digress. I just it's just to me that's a funny sitcom moment, right? So just uh <laughs> yeah. Well, it can be. I, Do you know who my dad is? Through that, because I definitely have a little bit different philosophy than his offensive line coach at UCLA. And right, my words to him were. You don't play for me, son. You play for him. You do it yeah. his way. There, there's more more ways to skin a cat, which is one of my favorite activities. Uh, so, <laughs> at least once a show, I got to tell you to stop. Here we are again. Just stop. <laughs> is the ASPCA going to come after this episode? Probably. No, <laughs> oh, I can't help it. I have no filter anymore. Be- between the branch Covidians and you, like doing animal abuse. <laughs> Hey, I am not Fauci. I did not do that horrifying experiment on beagles. Yeah. Hey, um, so I guess uh, going back to what we were talking about, it seems so long ago now. What's your take? I mean, is that does my take on Miami, what you're thinking? I mean, is, is they're trying to build confidence in Tua. I know everybody wants to say the owner wanted him, or the uh, but the head coach wanted Herbert, which yep. I was yep. thankful. Yep. No, I mean, I think you're right. So I, I, I have found my, the only time that I ever really took teams for granted and expected us just to roll people was literally when I was younger in the early 90s when you played. And then, to, to be honest, that Titans game, I had a high expectation that the Bills were just going to roll in and roll over the Titans and go home. So, and then there's a there's a 30 year gap or 25 year gap between those two games or those two time periods. So I'm back to probably you know what, any team can beat you. 
Um, Jalen Waddle, you know, obviously uh, the guys that they have, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Henry Fuller V, uh, Mike Gesicki, Miles Gaskin on the offense. You know, Tua is clearly the limiting factor there and probably their offensive line. The hope that I have is that that, that defensive line is going to eat much like they did the first time. Uh, and then obviously the defense, you know, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, you've got some guys that can play on defense. This isn't a poor football team. It's probably just a poorly coached football team. And that almost goes back to the Falcons. The Falcons have had talent for a decade, made it to one Super Bowl, and have kind of been crap ever yeah. since then. I mean, so coaching matters. We know coaching matters. Um, but I said on my show yesterday, my whole show was a rant, uh, just about the fact that the Buffalo Bills <laughs> – the Buffalo Bills are, and, and it, it didn't strike me until I was on as a guest on a Kansas City Chiefs podcast, fan podcast. And he said that when the schedule came out, the game that he circled was the Bills game. And I was like, wait, you're a Chiefs fan and you circled the Bills game? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you guys are like the team like that we have to beat. Like if there's a team that's going to give us a hard time, it's your team. And I was like, that, and it just blew my mind because yeah. – that wasn't normal. That's not normal for us. Yeah, well, I mean, it's even worse for the drought babies, right? I mean, right, for sure. So, but now we live in a space where I'm not sure, and this is what I said yesterday, that you know that the the, the Bills team, like the players, realize that they're going to get the absolute best game out of every single person they play because everybody wants to be on Good Morning Football the next day, saying X team put it to the Bills yesterday and beat them. Well, you you said something earlier that had me a little bit aghast, aghast, not aghast. <laughs> you know, you expected to run the Titans out of the stadium, and I never did because I've lost enough games to teams that weren't as good as we sure, were. Sure, So sure. I still don't – I mean, I, I think the Titans are a lot better than their record reflected. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that they're as good as we are. We didn't, we didn't play a, a championship-level game. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, always go into every game with an expectation that it's going to be a roller coaster. Right, right. And that bad things are going to happen. You can't win every play. You can only just react to every play. And you know, that's um, that's a hard place to be after, you know, perennial drought club. Yeah. And yeah. now you're doing well. And you just want to ride this exuberance and this exhilaration through every game. It's, but it's, you know, you're sailing high, but it's the players that are in the trenches that have to actually pull that victory off. And we talk about it all the time. Uh, they, they show up too. Yep. I mean, the, yep. It, it's better than the days where the only way you thought you could win a, win a game is if the bus crashed on the way to the stadium. <laughs> Which you hoped for a couple times, you said. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. In, the, in the, the Greg Williams era. <laughs> Oh, uh, we'll have to hit that at another, at another time. So uh, we, we, we've, our time is almost up. Final thoughts before we close this show? Yeah, I just think that um, let's not let's not get behind the uh, stats and think that the, the rest of the, the next four games are going to be a cakewalk for the very reason that our expectations were higher than the result was for the, uh, the game against the Tuxedos. So, um, you know, be cautiously optimistic. Root for our guys. Don't look at every mistake as, you know, a funeral service. Right. Um, guys make mistakes, you know. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say, you know, we need to clean up uh, some other penalties too, you know, movement penalties, alignment issues. 
you know we need to we need to clear that kind of stuff up i'm optimistic still i mean really you, we want home field advantage throughout um that's going to be a tall task yeah uh, we, you know we we probably can only drop two at this point if um if the rest of the teams continue continue on the trajectory that we're that they're on mm -hmm. right so we yep. we we don't want to drop more than two 17 game season right so if you can go what is that 13 and four i think you're in a really really strong position for the one seed for sure i mean and that's what the race is for the race is for the one seed the idea is to get the, the road to the super bowl to go through buffalo so ladies and gentlemen you have been tuned into and listening to the off tackle with john fina show i'm the host of the show joe miller here with my guy john fina brought to you by q uh q42 barbecue sauce on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. We got uh, tomorrow, Code of Conduct coming up with Jay Spencer King. Wednesday, the Hump Day Hotline with myself and Jay Spencer King. Friday, Food for Thought with Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary. Saturday, as you know, the Time to Shine segment, which is the uh, call-in prediction show with myself. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this football game. It's good to have football back. Dude, I enjoyed the last three weeks. All I did was watch football all day long, and I, didn't ha I wasn't stressed. I wasn't like... Like, it was great to have the Bills in primetime on Sunday, primetime on Monday, and then no football this weekend. I just consumed football like it was going out of style. But uh, I think yeah. they'll I think they'll be talking about how relaxed you were for the bye week. I think that's part of your motivation, too. <laughs> You're like, we got to do this for Joe, man. <laughs> exactly. It would have been nice to come out of it with a win or come out come into the bye with a win, but I'll take what we had. It was good. But well, uh, In closing, though, I will say that there is more than just a modicum of – wanting to do it for the city of buffalo yeah you know yeah. this is not miami which is spread out you know it's more of that feeling like uh i think like how the boston patriots feel about their fan base mm. so these guys are in it not just for themselves they're in it for you too yeah. uh, and that's reflected in everything they do for the community in buffalo so let's just let's grab onto the rope and keep pulling and and uh you know i think good things are are going to come that's awesome on that note, Joe Miller, John Fina, see you guys next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.